0: Hello and welcome to the She Reads Truth podcast where we open our Bibles and talk about the beauty, goodness and truth we find there. I'm your host,
1: Amanda Bible-Williams. And I'm your other host, Rachel Myers. And today we are joined by our friend, Ginny Owens. All the way in New York City, but the magic of technology. We not only get to have this conversation with Ginny, but we get the sounds of New York City in the background, which I think feels like a little bonus. Listen, Ginny has spent the past two decades sharing her heart with listeners and readers as a singer, songwriter, author, teacher, advocate... Jenny is amazing. She blows us away. She's also been an adjunct professor at Belmont University. She's been a worship leader. She had so many good things to say about the books of Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, and Isaiah. Y'all, this is a great episode. You're going to love Jenny. We do. Let's get right to it.
0: Jenny. I love that we can hear signs of life outside your New York window because Rachel and I have been missing New York.
2: Yes, it's true. You guys got to come visit. You can hang out and we can have a slumber party in my 400 square foot apartment. That sounds perfect. So fun. Yes. I've actually (laughs) been able to sleep two extra people here before, so we totally can do that. Hey, that works. But it's the funny thing about New York is like it only starts to be loud whenever I need to do something quiet, like record a podcast. (laughs) It just gets... Oh, good. Yeah. Super. So that's what's going to be in store.
1: It feels providential to me. Like, it feels like for all of our friends listening who also miss New York as much as Amanda and I do. Like, listen, you can just hear it. I just think, like, they get the little sound effects, too. It feels like, Uh oh, don't take those away. It sounds Uh so good.
2: So many sound effects. So many. The worst (laughs) is in the middle of the night when you're just like, what was that? I don't even know what just happened. I can't (laughs) even guess. Yes.
0: Do you... So the question, you just have to... Just, okay, well, I'm just going to go back to sleep now. Yes, which I can't do. (laughs) So I've
2: been waking up at like 3 a.m. recently every night, and it's like, I don't know what's greeting me, but I wish it would stop. So yeah, it's really fun. Oh, Oh,
0: well. Well, all the noise, all the street noise, all the sirens, and all of that, it's all welcome. We're very excited. And we're just so happy to talk to you about these amazing books of the Bible. You have a pretty good stretch here that we're going to talk about.
2: I know. Lots of ground covered in a week, so it's uh, it's pretty fun. I love it. It's going to be a great time.
1: So this week, we will cover the books of, and by cover, I'll explain what that means, but the books of Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, mm-hmm. and And a little book called Isaiah. And a little book called Isaiah. Great. I got like out of order for a second, but yes, Isaiah. So mostly wisdom literature. And then Isaiah, of course, is a major prophet. But Jenny, I'll explain for a minute to our audience. I know you already know, but our listeners who may or may not know what we're doing, we're taking key verses. One key verse, we identified these way back when we created the She Reads Truth Bible, but now we're creating a reading plan out of it. But we're identifying these key verses for each book as a way to string together the story of Scripture. Scripture and show how mm-hmm. s- show a little piece of what each book is doing, like what's happening in each book, but also how each book belongs in the greater book, the greater story. Mm-hmm. So we get to the three of us just get to sit down and have a wonderful conversation about these five books in front of us. Um, and I love that we're starting with the Psalms. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. You had mentioned before we even hit record, Jenny, that. You love a lot of these books of the Bible, and
2: specifically the Psalms. I do. I love the beautiful songs that they are, and just how they they teach us how to pray, how to sing of God's yeah. goodness. They teach us how to preach to our own souls, even when we're not feeling, right. you know, all of the things that are true about Him. So yes, and I I especially I love Psalm 116. There was a verse that just stuck out to me as soon as I read it, and I was like, man, this is a great Psalm for those who are feeling offended. Ended, feeling oppressed, feeling in pain, mm. among other things that really stuck out to me as, as I was reading. So, yes, I'm excited about this one.
1: I would love for you to read sort of a portion of our reading for today from Psalm 116. It's a struggle to identify a key verse for any book of the Bible, but for Psalms, it felt like an especially daunting task, like what one verse can be the key verse for the book of Psalms? And when we finally landed on from chapter 116, verses 5 and 6, we had to go with two verses, but that final line that says, I was helpless and he saved me. That felt like the, like, yes, that's what's happening in the book of Psalms. This Mm -hmm. is my state and this is what he has done. Jenny, would you read for us
2: from Psalm 116? Absolutely. I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. The ropes of death were wrapped around me. And the torments of Sheol overcome me. I encountered trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord guards the inexperienced. I was helpless and he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, rescued me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling.
1: This is the word of the Lord. Amen.
2: Thanks be to God. It's so beautiful. And even that
0: line in verse two, I will call out to him as long as I live. To me, the Psalms as a whole, the book of Psalms is a picture of this, of what it looks like. It's such a gift because it gives us an actual example after example of what it looks like to call out to God in all circumstances with all of our the range of emotions that we experience as humans and what it looks like to worship the Lord as long as we live. Mm-hmm. and And it feels like a permission slip to bring our whole selves to God. Yeah. Because it's right here in scripture. Yeah.
1: And not just a permission slip, but sort of a a user guide or a script yeah, even, even better. like you don't mm-hmm. it's not even just permission, but it's like here, use this yeah. if you need to. If you can't think of words to pray. You said that there was something that
2: stuck out to you, Jenny, in this passage. Talk to us about it. Yes. Well, so actually the first thing that stuck out to me when I read this was actually verse 10. Um yeah. and so then when I was going back and reading through the psalm, it all kind of resonated with me in a new light. But it says, I believed mm-hmm. even when I said, I am severely oppressed. And one of the (laughs) things that I love about this psalm is that, you know, the psalmist is worshiping in the most perfect way in that he is worshiping from a heart of love. He is so thankful for how God has saved him, how God has delivered him, how God has lifted him. So, what I love here is then I started at the beginning of the psalm in which these verses one and two I have memorized for years. I love these verses but he's starting with god he is starting with the reasons that he loves god so yeah it, i mean and it's just to me that's so like you were saying kind of a guide book for worship. What did you call it? You called it something cooler than a, a user guide. A user guy or a script. Yes. Yeah. yeah for yeah. worship because it's it's pouring out of love. It's I do think mm-hmm. sometimes, especially for those of us who have been in church for a long time, it's like, okay, this is when we worship now, you know? And yet that is yes. not how it works at all because it is coming <laughs> out of a heart of love because he knows he is dearly, perfectly, deeply loved. And because of God's love for him, the psalmist has been rescued again and again. And so he worships with a heart full of love, pouring out that love. Yes. Yes,
0: yes, yes. And when we keep going, we're just going to keep going for a minute here in 116, verse 12, how can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? So there's that like coming from a place of recognizing God's love for him. Verse 13, I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Yes, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. So I loved that verse 13 jumped out at me because I was saying like, what can I do to repay the Lord? I can take, I will take the cup of salvation yes. and I will call on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to receive what he has given to me and what he has paid such a dear price to give to me yes. and I'm going to in return worship him and call upon him and know
2: that he is God. Yeah. yeah, and and my salvation is in Him alone. Yes, and you know, what that makes me think of is the fact that when we are doing that, when we are pouring out our love to God, when we are remembering, when we are speaking to our hearts and minds and souls of how He has been faithful, of how we have been rescued, and this unbelievable gift that we cannot even begin to pay for. When mm-hmm. we are focused on that, our anxiety fades, our yeah. ability to hold a grudge fades, uh, because our eyes and our hearts are focused on his love and his power and what mm-hmm. that has done for our lives and I don't know when we think of ourselves as as the miracles that we are in light of this truth and gosh mm. how can we possibly be I don't know down for too long you know <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. beautiful.
1: I was thinking about how, you know, one of the questions that we're asking with each book of the Bible is how does this relate with the rest of Scripture? And I think it's so beautiful to ask that about the book of Psalms because, you know, as She Reads Truth, we read through books of the Bible and we often bring in correlating Scripture with anything we read. Right. And Psalms ends up being such an ever-present book of the Bible mm-hmm. in almost any study that we do. Yes. But I also just can't help but think about last week, we talked with Liz Curtis Higgs about Job mm. and, you know, the things that she was sharing with us and that we were exploring together about Job's story are echoed here. We know that, you know, Job's story happened a lot earlier than, you know, way before the Psalms were written, but, but how can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? The psalmist here says, even in verse 15, the death of his faithful ones is valuable mm-hmm. in the Lord's mm-hmm. sight. Yeah. And it goes on. I mean, this song, I can't wait for our listeners to have this reading today. And to read mm-hmm. the whole thing I don't want to read the whole thing for them But but it ties to Job And yeah. to really, it ties to us
2: Yes, yeah. absolutely I recently have written a book about the idea of singing the songs of scripture and one of the things that I say is that all of scripture is our perfect like worship album but especially yeah. the psalms the psalms <laughs> are our songbook as we we're saying earlier for not only how to pray but everything that we ever want to lay before God everything that we ever want to sing to him mm-hmm. is here in this group and I love you guys' key verses five and mm-hmm. six because this really is our song, you know, the idea of him being gracious, righteous, but compassionate. And I yeah. love the idea because this is all of us. He guards the inexperienced. What? That's
1: me. That's yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. But
2: but just having those beautiful verbs and adjectives mm-hmm. that explain who God is and how he does what he does to me is just um It's very impactful. It inspires me to want to really, you know, use adjectives when I pray and when I sing and use action verbs. Like, what has God done for me just in the grand scheme of things and today? And then when I think about the whole of the Bible, as we're kind of talking about how it would even fit in, you know, I love to even just think about, and I'm sure you guys do too, looking back at God's faithfulness through the ages, like thinking about, even back to yeah. Adam and Eve and Abraham and how the yes. same God, the God that was with Abraham as he took Isaac up the mountain is the God yeah. that we're praying to and reading about and that is speaking to mm. us through scripture. What? That is crazy. That's amazing. So, it
0: really is. Yeah. It really is. I loved that our team paired John 3 with this reading of Psalm 116 and for the purposes of the Psalms. And I want to just read a couple of verses So this is John 3 verse 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And we've heard that verse. I loved, I very often will read 16 and be sure to catch 17 with it, you know, (laughs) for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world mm-hmm. through him. But I loved that we backed it up to 14 and that image, you know, you're talking about these Old Testament images that yeah. that image of Moses lifting up the snake in the wilderness and and Jesus being lifted up on the cross. Mm-hmm. And then we get in verse 21 of that same chapter John 3, but anyone who lives by the truth comes into the light mm-hmm. so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. But that coming into the light. I feel like the Psalms are an invitation for us to bring our full selves into the light. Yes. And, and mm. we see the Psalmist doing that over and over of just like, I'm just going to lay my real self just bare before, mm-hmm. um, before the Lord and come into the light. Because in the light, mm-hmm. that's where there's hope. Like we have to, we have to be exposed yeah. mm-hmm. by the light, so that we can stay in the light, and so that we can see the sun high and lift it up. And yeah. And so I just I love the Psalms for that reason. Even before we
1: quote unquote step into the light, He searches us. He knows yeah. us. There's nowhere Amen. we can go from His. I know what you're saying, and yes. I love that. There's no hiding. There is no Absolutely. dark to God
2: which means yep. that there's no such thing as polite prayers. Like, I mean, there are, we, <laughs> we do them, but, you know. Oh, all the time. It, yeah, so, But it's like, yeah, we rant and rave to others or in our own heads, and then we're like, yeah, God, everything's good. Good night. you right. know. Yeah. And, and the psalmists show us that is just not an acceptable form of prayer at all. We have to lay it all bare mm-hmm. in the light, because mm-hmm. then He can mm-hmm. actually work in us. Um, but it, it takes, I mean, I, I think of, Hannah in First Samuel 2 mm, where yeah. she's um, well even in First Samuel 1 where she is just in this miserable life circumstance and she tells Eli I'm pouring out my bitterness and anguish so she's pouring out all of the corners of her soul to God laying that she's
1: not just laying down a request right pouring out her bitterness and anguish yeah. Yeah. that's beautiful yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely
2: uh, yeah
1: I well, hate to leave the Psalms because, I, know. I, mean, I mean, especially because like to have a singer songwriter here yeah. with us to like be talking about the Psalms feels so special just because that's what the Psalms are. They're, oh, they're songs and they're they prayers and there's. I mean, before we move on to Proverbs, at, like as a songwriter, like what is your relationship with the Psalms? Like how has that
2: impacted you as a songwriter? Oh man. Well, like I was saying, I think the adjectives, even the action verbs give me a lot of Just reference for how to praise. And they they inspire me with new creativity, like, oh, yes, I can see how the Lord has done that for me. You know? And Mm -hmm. um, so, one of the things that I have done in recent years is I've started to memorize Psalms. And the way I do it is by singing them. Because so, I've been in school, in seminary, and I've been in Greek and Hebrew class. And the only way I've learned to make it through (laughs) Greek and Hebrew class is to actually sing all of the like, paradigms that you have to learn, the verb structures and different things. You know, after doing that for a while and realizing that it meant that those paradigms were just committed to memory, then I could just pull them up with a song. I thought, well, why yeah. don't I just sing all of scripture? So it doesn't mean that the really, songs yeah. are, are like lovely, but it means that I can get them in my head and just, you know, just kind of recall them and sing mm-hmm. through them and meditate on them. So, so yes, I do love just all of the, all of the wonderful attributes of God that the Psalms teach us. Of You know, my favorite thing too about the Psalms is how they teach us to sing to our own souls about what we know yeah. is true about God. You you know, because we don't good. always yeah. want to do that. We want to say, Lord, please fix this. And we maybe even will pour it out to Him. But then we just kind of walk away hopeless. And so often the psalmist, like even in 116, he does it. But I remember a couple of my other favorite places where he does it are in Psalms 42 and 43, where he says, well, so he, let's see. First of all, in Psalm one sixteen seven, 7, he does it. He says, return to rest Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. In Psalm 42 and 43, he kind of does the same thing. He's like, why are you sad? Why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Put your hope in God. It's almost like he's going to say, I'm going to keep preaching what my heart or what my mind knows and Mm -hmm. believes is true until my heart feels it again. So I I love that that psalmist does that.
0: I love that because when you say those things like return to the Lord, return to rest, those sound like the messages of the prophets. Yes. But what the psalmist is doing is he's saying it to himself. Yes. Oh, and that's such a good thought. And I love what you said, Jenny, about having just about your reasoning for putting things to music, because that's the way that you retain Knowledge and truth, right? That you put things to music and then you can recall them. And when we move into the book of Proverbs, we get all of these nugget-sized pieces of just... Life wisdom, just general wisdom for life. And part of the beauty of the Proverbs is very similar to that, that when you, when you know them and when you, you read through them and you have, you know, maybe you can't necessarily sit down and recite, you know, Proverbs chapter, whatever, but they become familiar. And when the situation that we're in calls for them very often, you know, the Holy Spirit will bring those to mind. Absolutely. And so, yeah, Proverbs is just, it's an anthology of wisdom, yeah. right? But it's that just like some of them are little tiny sayings and some of them are long poems that yes. are very like you know, like an analogy or a story with wisdom tucked in, I like to hear you read. Can we read a little bit of Proverbs sure. 1 as well? Okay. Maybe 1 through 7. Absolutely. Oh, that's perfect because it will land on the key verse. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, hello, New hello, York. New York. I, you. I love it. Oh, my um, goodness. Oh,
1: wait, wait, wait. I'm wearing a sweatshirt that says New York on it. Oh, you sure are. Wow. It just occurs to me, oh, I'm feeling very New York-y You should. <laughs> you know what? I had yes. on my
2: t-shirt that said New York, but then I was like, they might think I'm totally weird, so I took it off. I should have oh, okay. it. We could have been twins. I mean, listen. Oh, we could have
1: been twins. I'll go get yeah. it right
2: now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> quick change. Okay. Proverbs one, one to seven. The proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced knowledge and discretion to a young man. Let a wise person listen and increase learning and let a discerning person obtain guidance for understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. Oh, love that verse. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I'll love all those verses. So
1: that I mean, Proverbs is just setting itself up to tell us what's happening in this book. It is yeah. a father giving wisdom to his son. We believe that the author of Proverbs, or at least most of the Proverbs, is of course King Solomon. It's sweet to think that the author of most of Psalms is David, and then mm-hmm. his son wrote Proverbs and yeah. writing. He's writing in this case to his son, mm-hmm. but it is this passing down. And you'll hear a lot of you know as you read through Proverbs or read Proverbs occasionally even, you'll see that it's, I want you to do well. Wisdom mm-hmm. matters. Yeah. And you'll also see that wisdom isn't the end goal. And we'll actually get to that when we read the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. I love Proverbs for this reason. Ginny, you mentioned in sort of our like pre-interview interview that you love to talk about seeking first and asking second. Ginny, will you just tell us more about that? Like, how mm-hmm. do you see that principle in the book of Proverbs? Or just tell us more about
2: what you meant by that. Yeah, you know, I just have been thinking, as I've been reading lately, that really, I mean, God could pour out His gifts on us all day long, but if we don't know Him, if we Mm -hmm. don't have just a deep sense of the heart of His love and of what His right path is and His love for us, you know, if His sort of face isn't shining in our hearts in a certain way, then the gifts kind of don't matter. Like we're not moved enough then by the things we receive because we don't know where they're coming from. And so, I don't know, I just have been thinking so much about you know, my tendency when when I receive something great is to be like, oh, thanks, God. That's cool. And then next, can we move on? And yet when I stay with Him, when I gaze on Him, when I observe His love, His truth, you know, even in these verses, like one of the things I love is just even this idea that we learn Wisdom. You know, it's not Mm. something that's poured into our heads. And so we learn it and we gain discipline and we Mm -hmm. learn to understand insightful sayings. And that comes from asking for those things, but it comes from knowing Him and experiencing Him. And of course, hearing Him speak through the Bible. That's how we grow in wisdom. So it's almost like we have to grow in our love for Him first, which comes by seeking Mm. His face. And as we seek his face, as we grow to love him more deeply, then we also just naturally grow in wisdom. And so then that kind of makes the superficial gifts like, Lord, please help me to, I don't know, get a great lunch today. <laughs> you know, I mean, mm-hmm. not he cares about those things too, of course, but I think those things then kind of fall into their rightful place in the back. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, you're
0: right. Because I think a lot of times we go, I um, <laughs> go about that in the opposite way, like what you were describing. And there's something baked into all of that that you just said, Jenny, that the learning and the seeking, it takes time. You know, we talk about Proverbs as Being a way of walking through life, like what the wisdom that Solomon, we think, is showing us is just general principles, not strict promises of like, if you do this, this is going to happen. But more like general rules for godly and wise living, Mm -hmm. and it's a way of walking through life. And so it's not so much... Acquiring wisdom—that's like, oh, here's a thing I've got it now. Mm-hmm. Right. As it is, that wisdom is the journey, is the pathway, the adventure, as Liz would just, like mm-hmm. said last week. Yeah, yes. that wisdom is, and so that requires time, and it does. Rachel, I, you had started to say the New Testament passage. of Seeky First right Mm -hmm. but I mean we do get kind of the Old Testament version of that I like that you
1: just quoted the KJV on that you couldn't help yourself Seeky Seeky First first.
0: is that not how everyone learned it when you were a child (laughs) come on with the song Um, Mm -hmm. yes I will not sing that, yeah. but I could. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do mm-hmm. not rely on your own understanding. And here's what you're describing, Jenny. In all your ways, know him yeah. and he will make your path straight. I love that the CSB says know him. I know. Mm-hmm. That's not
2: I the, I, I don't think that's the traditional translation. I think that it's acknowledge, acknowledge. him,
1: maybe in the NIV. Yeah, I like
2: know him. Well, and it goes well with verse seven here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And, Mm -hmm. you know, to fear the Lord is like, as we know, is to revere him, respect him, honor him, you know, kind of put him first. I mean, so it's in a Mm -hmm. sense, you know, kind of in the same family of knowing him, we know him, we experience him, but we have this utter humility before him and reverence for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in, you know, along that journey, we are going to be put in our place many times. And the book of Proverbs is part of God's word that does that for us, oh gosh, yes. that disciplines <laughs> us. I and mean, there's a lot of talk of discipline in Proverbs. And, but that too is a gift. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is a gift. Yes. And that is part of the journey yes. of
2: wisdom, that is part of the walking of learning to obey. Yes. And in our world, that is so something we don't like. You know, we want to be free. Don't we? We we do. Don't bother me, everybody. Let me do my thing. Let me do my thing. I don't want you to tell me how. (laughs) And we want great things quickly. Like, we Mm -hmm. don't want to spend Mm -hmm. the long road to discipline. Um, Right. You know, and one person that comes to mind here is Moses. And I think about how Moses kind of got to the end of his life at 80 years old, or he thought it was the end of his life, you know, kind of shepherding <laughs> and shepherding every day. And then God sends him out to lead his people for 40 years in a desert, which is kind of like worse than herding sheep because they just, mm-hmm. they didn't respond probably as well. As they the talked she, back. They did talk <laughs> right. back and they did all kinds <laughs> of crazy things. And yet in his discipline, in his putting one foot in front of the other, moving with God watching God, thinking the things God thought, you know, doing the things after Him. It was like He became this wise, wonderful, loving person who adopted the heart of God, you know, who loved the way that God loved in a beautiful mm-hmm. way. And so, so yeah, I think for all of us, especially in this world, it's great to think about slowing down and, and you know, like even mm-hmm. digging in these words that we're reading here and knowing that every sort of slow step of doing that, though it feels slow now, is guiding us toward wisdom. You know, it's making us, it's moving us in that direction, which is a wonderful promise.
0: Hey, friends, if you're loving this series called This is the Old Testament, then you're definitely going to want to get the companion book This is the New Testament. Just like with the Old Testament, we'll continue walking through the Bible book by book to survey the theme of each New Testament book and learn how each one fits into the bigger picture of Scripture. Head to shopshereadstruth.com and use the code SUMMER15 for 15% off This is the New Testament. That's SUMMER15 for 15% off your This is the New Testament study book. Okay, back to the show. So
1: it's interesting to come from a book like Proverbs, mm-hmm. which nearly all of that was written by King Solomon, into a book like Ecclesiastes, which we believe also, we have really good reason to believe, and we'll see this in verse one, that this was also written by King Solomon. King Solomon was one of the few people to be credited for authorship for a book of the Bible, to not be a you know, I guess in an oppressed state when he wrote it, you know he was the king, and he had everything. He had the wisdom and mm-hmm. uh, the opportunity, and you know, living his best life, living his best life. Whereas, call it. yeah, right, whereas you know, the, the prophets, of course, that was not their story, and nope. not for Moses. You know, like he was on the like he was in exile. There's all these things. Not Daniel. Not Daniel. So yeah. And then Paul, of course, is writing from prison, you know. So this book of the Bible written by the king, the guy at the top, and his... And what does he say right out of the gate? Absolute futility.
2: (laughs) Yes.
1: So we, it's this like He says it twice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're going to read it because I want to read this because it's like, it's hilarious and true. Like, that's the thing. It's funny and then it's also super funny and very sobering. But he has it all and he's like, yeah... This is not the goal, it turns out. And not, (laughs) anyway. So it's interesting to come from this, like, the Proverbs, this wisdom, and for him to go, okay, I've actually, like, I'm even older now, and, I've got some things, some more things to I've say. I've lived
2: some life. And I've, lived here's some what life. I've learned some Yes.
1: Can we read maybe Ecclesiastes one one through eight just to kind of get like when y'all listening read this this week you'll have all of chapter one that you'll get to read. I kind of want to save some of it for you, but maybe let's read verses one through eight just mm-hmm. to kind of get the the setting, kind of the lay of the land for the book of Ecclesiastes.
0: Amanda, do you want to read that? I would love to. Ecclesiastes one one. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. See, this
1: is why we think it's Solomon. Yeah. He has other sons, but king in Jerusalem tells us and, this is
0: probably Solomon. And all of these things that he says that he's had and done, and that makes sense. It makes, that it it would makes be, it's a good, it would be it's him. a safe bet. So here we go. Verse two, absolute futility, says the teacher, absolute futility, everything is futile. What does a person gain for all his efforts that he labors at under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets. Panting, it hurries back to the place where it rises. <laughs> Gusting to the south, turning to the north, turning, turning goes the wind, and the wind returns in its cycles. All the streams flow to the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are wearisome more than anyone can say.
1: And he goes on and finishes this, you know, this long poem, I guess, and then, you know, goes on to say, you know, I've applied my mind, I've learned and learned and learned, and And then he says, God has given people the miserable task to keep them occupied, just like the education is just a miserable task to stay busy. Mm. And I've just found everything to be futile, a pursuit of the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. Like, that's how he starts the warm and squishy, gushy, cozy book (laughs) of Ecclesiastes. You know, it's
2: interesting because I think about how many people in our culture would say that same thing, like people, you hear this a lot, like when you're reading articles or watching interviews, people that are looking back over their lives and have kind of had everything the world has to offer. Mm -hmm. And they go, you know, it's still not enough. I still have a deep hole in my heart. These things have still not fulfilled me. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's really interesting because I I feel like that could also be a, a modern day thought and something that we hear expressed quite a bit which we should we should take you know hope in the fact that we aspire to like as we've been talking about today we aspire to know and love god and seek his face and have his wisdom as opposed to acquiring stuff and mm-hmm. toiling you no. know so in a sense i think it's centering and it's also sobering when we think about just somebody who has seen everything there is to see yeah. and done everything there is to do and he says gosh it's absolutely futile yeah
0: Yeah. And we just talked about how in Proverbs that, that, you know, Proverbs gives us principles for wise living, but they are not. Promises and they're not guarantees. And Ecclesiastes kind of doubles down on that because it's like, you know, not only that, but he's observing that you can actually follow wisdom and acquire all the things. And that doesn't even guarantee satisfaction or like a positive outcome or, you know, you're not going to, as you two says, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, you know, like we just can't get there. And, and so it really is a sobering, Book Because you can't escape. Like he comes right out in the first verses of chapter one with his thesis, right? Right. Like everything's futile. And then he just continues to unpack that. Jenny, I especially thought of you in Ecclesiastes 12. Verses 12. <laughs> You're like, what is she going <laughs> yeah, to say? <laughs> <out of this. laughs> 12 through 14. Would you like to read Ecclesiastes 12, 12 through 14? It, sure. it does have our 13 right there in the middle, um, yes. is our key verse for the book.
1: And this is, I mean, this comes at the end of the book where yeah. he's kind of said his 11 chapters. Yeah, yeah that's worth a good of, point. Yeah. Ah. You yeah. know, that's, that's a great, great summary. Yeah. Yes, that's oh, the I best think. summary I've ever heard. So uh,
2: all sermons are now prepared <laughs> <I'm> just, forever. I've <sighs> just
1: summarized Ecclesiastes. <laughs> it's just it. very
2: emo. Yeah. But
1: then he comes to the end of it. And yeah, Jenny, yeah. will you read
2: that? Yeah, but beyond these, my sons, be warned, there is no end to the making of many books, and much study wearies the body. <laughs> when all has been heard, the conclusion of the matter is this. Fear God and keep his commands, because this is for all humanity. Hm. And then 14,
1: for God will bring every act to judgment, including every hidden thing, whether good or evil. Mm. I, that's
0: the word of the Lord.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks be to God. I, yeah. I can see, Amanda, why you thought of Ginny with the <laughs> much study wearies the body with oh, Ginny with you in seminary.
0: What yes. <laughs> but truly Amen. Like, yeah. But but truly, like jokes aside, it's you have, I mean, have you seen this that like, yes, okay, it's so good to study and to acquire knowledge. That is a good thing. And that is, and I don't think Solomon's not saying that's a bad thing. Right. God's word is not saying that's a bad thing. But what I think he's pointing out is that there's an end there and it's not the ultimate end. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: Yes, absolutely. How have you experienced that like what 's it been like to be in seminary yeah i've definitely learned that I have to uh, keep my fear my inner life, my spiritual life going mm-hmm. at full throttle because yeah the books the books do wear you out, they really do in yeah. a, in every way so yeah,
1: and to remind yourself that the books aren 't the goal like that the knowledge all the knowledge in the world isn 't the goal because <laughs> I mean, it sounds so cliche to say that you can't take it with you, but you can't. Like, right. the goal is—and to be clear, I said can't. I just didn't pronounce my T very well. Yeah. <laughs> but you but you can't. Right. Uh, you can't take it with you. And that is what Solomon is saying. Right. He's like, cool. Like, I've learned. I have access to everything there is to learn, and I've learned it. Yes. Now yeah. what? Yes. Um, and that I don't feel any, you know—and so, you know, when we get to the New Testament and we look at— A passage like Ephesians chapter five, which Mm -hmm. is written by Paul. Mm -hmm. And you know, Paul is the guy who's just kind of saying, I count everything loss mm-hmm. except for the gospel. So he's saying, he's echoing Ecclesiastes in so much of what he says in his letters. He's written, 12 of the New Testament books are written by Paul and many of them from prison. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, I've had a lot. Yes. I, you know, yeah. He was like the Solomon of the New Testament yes. in a way, yeah. having had access to everything and all the power and all the privilege. Mm-hmm. And he felt the closest to Jesus and the biggest gain in chains, writing mm-hmm about Jesus. Yeah. yeah, And so you get to, you know, like I said, Ephesians chapter five, which is the last part of the reading for that day. And it says, and this is Paul talking, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And when we ask the questions, you know, what's happening in this book and how does this book tie to the rest of scripture? This is how Ecclesiastes, while it feels like a big, ugh, um, <laughs> it does tie to the rest of Scripture, and it informs and connects with it. Scripture indeed interprets Scripture, and we see that wisdom is from the Lord, um, mm-hmm. that if we ask for it, He will give it to us, and... That is not the end goal, but Mm -hmm. the goal is to make good
2: use of our time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yes. And even just in the sense that wisdom, in certain senses, is knowing Him, like knowing Him and experiencing Him and seeing His face before us, just in the sense of, you know, one of the things I love to think about with Paul was, you know, one of the things, well, the thing that actually changed him Mm -hmm. hugely was an encounter with Jesus, (laughs)
1: that's right you know was yeah. seeing
2: jesus and and that became so real for him that you know the secret to his life became Christ in him. Not you know. Mm-hmm. That's right. No matter where he was, no matter if it was prison or or whatever, he had had this encounter. He had seen Jesus's face. So there's in a certain sense, or he had at least literally. We don't. I don't know that we know actually that he saw Jesus's face, but we do know that Jesus spoke to him and said, "I am Jesus." That's right. Yeah. So you know, there's something. So that was sort of the beginning of his wisdom. Truly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I love that picture that you gave us of knowing that you are approaching your academic study even though it is about scripture
2: <laughs> and mm-hmm. about
0: God, that you're approaching your academic study from the position of one who has you have a relationship with God first, right. and you do your study, but then it also ends with Him. It's also for the purposes of relationship with God for mm-hmm. you, and and even you know that that pours out of you to others. And so, just that it doesn't mean that the stuff in the middle there is not important because it is. It is. It's yeah. what If you just read in Ephesians, it's like listen make or the it, most, it's, yeah, yeah. It's make the most of your time i mean solomon is like we are all going to die spoiler <laughs> alert he <laughs> makes he's like makes it really clear and the way that we choose to live the days that we do have it matters a lot absolutely um yeah. but the beginning and the end is jesus yes alpha and omega right absolutely yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. i love that so good this brings us to the wedding portion of, of our episode <sighs> where we get to read what has been printed on wedding invitations oh my. Across the world.
1: I always thought it was called the Song of Solomon. Is it sometimes called that? Yes, it is sometimes okay. called that. So it's Song of Songs. Yeah,
0: I don't think either is wrong. We, yeah. we are reading from the CSB version, and it says Song of Songs. Great. But you're not reading a different book, capital B Bible if you're reading Song of Solomon. Right.
1: Good. That I'm aware of. Good. <laughs> but, I mean, Song of Songs is not my go-to daily book of the Bible. Why? Talk to, mean, listen, Talk to us about that. mean, Talk to
0: us about that. And
1: here's the thing: like, it's actually written. So, listeners who haven't gotten to this day in the week yet, this is this will come to you on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, this book is written like a play. Mm-hmm. Um, there are characters in the play, and it's a romance, and it's Wait, very. There's a romance novel in Scripture? <laughs> there's a romance novel in scripture. Yes, there is. So the key verse for the Song of Songs, which, you know, our goal here was for it to say what's happening in this book is comes from chapter eight. And it's verse seven It says a huge torrent cannot extinguish love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. If a man were to give all his wealth for love, it would be utterly scorned. Amanda, like, that's beautiful. I, it's, it is beautiful. Amanda, what does that tell us? What about does what's that happening? mean? <laughs> what does that tell us about what's happening yeah. in
0: the book of song of songs? Well, and when think talking about the wedding invitations, if you back up to verse six, which is not part of our key verse, but I mean, how many times raise your hand. If you've heard this at, at wedding, set me as a seal on your heart, as a seal on your arm for love is as strong as death.
1: And then they stop like, there. They don't usually go to jealousy as it's unrelenting. as she. <laughs>
0: for some reason we leave that out. I yes. don't know. Doesn't look as good. Maybe you're, letter count on the embossing has run out. And Sheol is a little confusing to some folks. It's a little, like, it's not a favorite for, like, Mm -mm. to put on your wedding invitation. It's not the word that you're going to get tattooed on your wrist. Yeah, But what this is, is it really is, it is two things. It is a picture of intimacy between a man and a woman. It's a celebration of love, Mm -hmm. of, like, romantic love. Mm -hmm. But it also points us to God's love for His people. It's Mm -hmm. an illustration of God's love for His people. And we as the church, as those who follow Jesus, Scripture tells us that we are the bride of Christ, Mm -hmm. that the church is the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. And as squirmy as some of this makes us, I mean, guys, we get stuff like, in chapter 7, we get lines like, your belly is a mound of wheat surrounded by (laughs) lilies. (laughs) Yeah, then your neck... Like what? Yeah. Your neck is a tower of ivory. Your nose is like the tower of Lebanon. If I said that to you, Rachel, your nose is like the tower of Lebanon. I mean, I'd punch you. Romantic? I don't yeah. think so. I don't think that that would be like a thank you. But um, we understand the
1: context of the writing and all of those things, and that like it's a love letter. It's a, it's yeah. romantic, but
0: to um, gives the kids to, something to find. To while a modern they're in the pew. reader,
1: it's a fun thing to read in the pew. It as a kid. It
0: is. It is. Mm-hmm. But what it really does show us is as squirmy as. Some Some of it makes us that there's a romantic play in scripture, is that God's love for us is so deep. Yeah. And and intimate. Yes. And very intimate. And the love that He enables us to have Mm -hmm. with others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And specifically in the covenant of marriage, Mm -hmm. yeah, is a gift that is a product of his love for us. So all of that is true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean even romantic human love like you were saying like marriage between a man and a woman like yeah. that is a foretaste that's a taste of the intimacy that should point us to the
2: intimacy that we yeah. can have with God. Yeah, if people think that the Bible is archaic when it comes to love this is where we can say nope it is not at all. It knows the right. depth of emotional love, physical connection. All of the things that make up love and especially covenant love within a covenant is definitely displayed beautifully here. And then I think also, as you guys are saying, just even thinking about Jesus in the sense of Mm -hmm. just being the one who does love us in this deep, beautiful way, loving, passionate way that is, you know, he sees all of us and he knows us. And yet he does love us so deeply as we see Mm -hmm. here in these verses. And I think it gives voice to something that, and I think we've already kind of talked about this earlier, maybe even in the Psalms, but it's kind of like when we think about worship, it's like, okay, we will worship now. And sometimes when we think about Jesus' love, that is something that can be just those words are very rote for many of us we can just kind of say Mm -hmm. them and yet to think you know he expresses his love in so many different wonderful ways and he does have this deep connection for us and wants us longs for Mm -hmm. us to have that sort of deep connection with him and Mm -hmm. I think Song of Songs helps guide us in that direction of seeing that I love that yes yes beautiful we were
1: talking last week with Liz Curtis Higgs about the book of Esther and we often talk about Esther as the book The Bible that doesn't mention God's name, right? Mm -hmm. But in some translations, Song of Songs also doesn't use God's name, Mm, Um, and and it's another one. It's the only other one that is like that. But like Liz said about Esther, it's because he's all over it, like Mm -hmm. you know. And that the same is true here. When we're talking about love, like all love is God's love, like it is from Him. Like we love because He first loved us, and so this. God is all over this, whether his name is mentioned or not. And for mm-hmm. that, we can be thankful. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Guys, we're going to stick the landing because we have one more book. And I'm so glad that we had time to get to it because it's uh, Isaiah. I know. I mean, and Isaiah is like kind of, in some ways, it feels a little bit like a centerpiece to me yeah. Yeah. As of scripture. You know, it kind of falls middle ish. Yeah. It's so big. And it's such a picture the gospel because Mm -hmm. we get, you know, the first half of it where Isaiah is focusing a lot on Israel's sin and the coming judgment that mm-hmm. because God is holy and that's a good thing that God is holy but then it kind of turns to the restoration yes. that God's promising his people Jenny, could we get you to read one more time? Oh, I because it. I just love to hear you read sure. it's one of my favorite things to hear if my friends read scripture mm-hmm. um, Isaiah 43, 1-7 through 7, and verse 1 is the key, verse. The key oh, verse I love
2: it, yes I love this chapter so much Okay, so Isaiah 43, 1 through 7. Uh, Now this is what the Lord says. The one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, and the flame will not burn you. For I, the Lord, am your God the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. I have given Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Seba in your place, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I will <laughs> give people in exchange for you and nations instead of your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who bears my name is created for my glory. I have formed them. Indeed, I have made them. Mm.
1: I love this book. Yes, I love this
2: book. That is so
0: rich. Honestly, if we had another hour, we could spend it talking <laughs> about those seven verses that you Absolutely. just read. Because it's so rich. But what I want to ask you, Jenny, you know, you told us, you kind of alluded to your book. You've just written a new book. You've recorded a new album. And I feel like it's very (laughs) Isaiah-esque. Like, it's like a, hey, the darkness is a real thing. Yes. But here's what it looks like to sing hope in the darkness. And that's what, when you read those verses, you were, that's singing hope over us in Uh, the darkness. Yes. How... Yeah, tell us about that. Like, how
2: does how does Isaiah feel like a hope song to you? Well, mainly, I mean, well, there's so many reasons. Like you said, we could talk about it for another, you know, day. But I love <laughs> even just as he talks about when you pass through the waters and the fire, he says, I will be with you. He says, he says I'm your God. He doesn't say, I'm going to take the fire away, you know? He doesn't mm-hmm. say, I'm going to— Or I'm on the other side. Right, right. Oh, yeah, he, did, right? he doesn't say either one of those things, but He says, I'm, yeah. I'm your God. I'm with you. I love that because I think that means no matter what circumstances we are going through, we can know, and I think of just the times when I've been in literal darkness, not literal, I guess the, the times that I've been in situations that feel very dark and heavy, and all of the yeah. um, <laughs> New York sirens are now out. I just love that when we think about any difficult situations that we're facing, we know that our God. God says, I am with you. I am, you know, it's not that one day I'm going to be there you know, someday, if you're lucky, you'll find me. He says, I'm walking with you in this. He doesn't say I'm going to take this away necessarily today, but he says, I'm going to be with you through it. And I, of course, love to think about uh, the story of Daniel's friends with the unpronounceable names, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how Mm -hmm. they walked in a literal fire. And how, you know, Nebuchadnezzar looked down and he was just like, what in the world? There is a fourth guy in there and nobody's getting burned up. And so, you know, We know now (laughs) what they did not know, which is Jesus has walked through the literal fire for us, and He was burned so that we would not Mm -hmm. be. So yes, I feel like when I Mm -hmm. am going through anything difficult, any fire, I can come to these verses and see that He says, He promises that He is our God. So we can look to Him. That means we can look to Him for everything that we need, peace, rest, Because we know that he sees it all. We know that he is above all. We know that there's not anything that happens that he's like, oops.
0: Yeah, right. That's true. I mean, oops is not a word that God uses. (laughs) No, no. Which is crazy, you know, like, and we just can't relate to that.
2: We can't. No, we cannot at all. And yet it's a beautiful thing because then we know if he's, if he is walking us through the valley of the shadow of death or darkness or whatever, we do not have to fear because that means his good path was supposed to lead us there.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's a good word, Jenny. I I mean, we
1: talked about wanting another hour or day to talk about Isaiah, but I mean, I (laughs) want that for every one of these books. This is, I mean, such an important stretch of five books in Scripture. And I mean, part of what we're learning here, teaching, educating each other, and especially ourselves... Is that every book of the Bible matters? No skips, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like that no skip. every book is important. And that when we miss one book, you know, for like, I don't really ever need to get around to, let's say, Song of Songs, okay? Yeah. You're missing an important book and missing an important way. We talk about, you know, that God's word is almost like a diamond with many facets. Mm-hmm. And the way you look at mm-hmm. it, you see light and color and all of these beautiful things. And every one of these books shows us. God from a different angle or yeah. in a different way. Ginny,
0: you've been such a good buddy to walk through these books with us today. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's just fun to read scripture with you. Thank oh, so you. So much
2: fun to do it with you guys too. And my apologies for the backdrop of New York sounds that helped us get through. It's been but-
1: a, a joy. It's been <laughs> wow, great. It's been so, so okay, Ginny, we do have a tradition yes. on the She Reads Truth podcast, and we've been bad about it lately. So I want to get back to it because I think <laughs> we've gone a couple episodes without doing it We're going to get in trouble. I know. So we spend an hour. Opening God's Word like we just did and talking about the beauty, goodness, and truth that we find there. And then at the end of the episode, we get to ask our guest, Jenny, where in your life are you seeing beauty, goodness, truth that just points you to Jesus?
2: Oh, man. There are so many places. It's that season for me where I can say there are so many places right now. I love that. I will say one of them is Central Park Mm. because, well, Central Park was such a haven during the pandemic because that was, you know, the city was silent, but that was the place where you Mm -hmm. found life. Mm And even now I just love to go. It's a great place to wander around and solve problems of the world with friends and and also I kinda I kinda think it's <laughs> it's like one of those things that reminds me of what heaven, you know, it's kind of a blurry image of what heaven will mm. be like because there's everyone yeah. from every nation, tribe and tongue and they're celebrating and <laughs> laughing and smiling and, and joyful and children and it's I love yes. that. So that is one of them. And I would also say being a part of the Faithful Project with you guys where all of us women yeah. got to come together and speak about women in the Bible and just share our own hearts as we study together those, those ladies. And man, that has just been so life-giving to me as well. So those would be my two big places where I feel like I have just seen God's beauty and His truth and His goodness just reigning supreme and just all over the place.
0: Yeah, I love that. I felt the same about the Faithful Project that you just said about Central Park. Like it just feels like a quick little glimpse of the kingdom. And I love that. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Jenny, it has been so great to have you for this hour. And Mm -hmm. it's been really fun to talk to you about these five books of the Bible. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun for me. Thank you so much. And y'all, we're recording this. It's like time travel. We're recording this before Jenny's book and album release, but by the time this releases, it will already be available. So y'all can go get her book. It's called Singing in the Dark, Finding Hope in the Songs of Scripture, which feels so relevant to everything that we've just talked about. That released May 1st, and then also a worship EP to go along with it called Sing Hope in the Dark, and that released May 14th. So Go get those things. Come back next week. Before next week, be a woman in the Word of God every day. Read these things that we've been talking about, and we cannot wait for you to come back next week with Kelly Minter. Until next week, Ginny, what did we say? Keep opening your
2: Bible.